Augmenters, we had such a blast talking with the incredible superstar, America's favorite food scientist with the best dress socks, my friend, the doctor, Taylor Wallace. He gave us real world advice on how to make your pitch for the ideal mentor and how to put yourself out there. So grab a glass of wine and listen up. Here we go. All right, Taylor, welcome to Augmenters. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for seeing to talk to us about mentoring. I'm so excited because I, you and I have been friends and colleagues for quite some time, known you for a while, and I had not actually thought of you as a mentor until just last night we were talking about it. And I really feel grateful that you've always been super supportive of us and what we've been doing. And and I I really do consider you a mentor. I mean, you're one of the smartest people I know. Well, same here. I mean, I admire you like so much and everything you've done with Eat Well Global and your career. I mean... It's very inspiring. Well, thank you. Well, so after all of this love fest, um, we are here to talk a bit about mentoring in general. And as part of our general principles around uh, augmenters, we're really here to talk about augmenting the mentoring experience. And we have eight principles of mentoring that we have come up with. And one of them is about the pitch. And that is really about how do you start with your vision around what you imagine you would want in a mentor. Second one is a roadmap. So how do you really map out the roadmap? And then the third one is... How you actually go out and find a mentor. And for that, we just actually use the spirit guide of Sherlock Holmes. So it's kind of like sleuthing and how you would uh, potentially just search something through like LinkedIn or how other professional networks you might have. And then the fourth principle in our journey is... The pitch. And how do you actually reach out to people? Like, what do you actually say? And so I think of you as such a phenomenal personality and you're so great at like roping people in and getting people talking to you. So we wanted to hear a little bit about your experience with mentoring and your mentoring journey, maybe mentors you've had, and then just a little bit, I think what we'd love to get out of this is just some great tips for people who are looking to reach out to get a mentor. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think what, at least as a scientist that makes me a little unique as I'm a little more rogue, a little more extrovert than really? most scientists. Really? <laughs> Risky behavior. Right. <laughs> Risky behavior, uh, to say the least. Podcast on iTunes. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always really tried to take the chance. Um, one of my goals, especially early on in my career, was to go to lunch with somebody that inspired me that I didn't know once a month. That's actually how I met Jack Bobo. Um, he was writing on LinkedIn. We talked a lot about um, the same things online. And I just reached out to him and said, hey, I really like what you're writing. We're both in D.C. Would you like to you know, have a drink sometime? And four years later, we're still friends and he inspires me every day. Wow, that's such a phenomenal tip of just when guests have my comfort zone, I'm going to keep doing it. And then you continue to follow up, I guess, yeah. over time. You really were consistent. Yeah. And, you know. There were many times where it flopped. You know, you go out to lunch, you don't have much in common with the person, um, things, there's just not a spark. Um, but with Jack, there was, you know, I'd say, you know, that's that one in five, one in 10 chance that something sparks and then something really great blossomed out of that. And so just because it doesn't work one time doesn't mean that it won't the next time. And for me, it's more about just getting out there meeting people, seeing who I click with, seeing where there's similarities and finding people like Julie, where we, I just instantly fell in love with Julie. And, you know, here we are, you know, a couple of <laughs> years later, 
that's just kind of how I do things. It's very casual. It's just very, I try to approach people and just say, Hey, you want to have a drink? I'm really interested in what you're doing. And most people will say yes. I, I told Julie the quote from Michael Jordan that you miss, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So if you're not reaching out, how are you ever going to have lunch with Jack Bobo? Right, exactly. And I mean, it's, it, it, it turns into something that that's been really great. I was like that very early on in my career. Um, I was president of my professional society student association, which is a huge, huge student group, probably 10,000 plus graduate students, which group, the, uh, Institute of food Technologists student association, very large, uh, organization. And with that, I was on, um, the board of directors for the professional society. And I fell in love with my first mentor, who was a senior VP at General Mills and very similar personality to me, the extrovert scientist, very outgoing. She's just hysterical. I mean, like the stories that I have, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, are out of this world, the fun that we've had over the years. And that's really what it was. I mean, I was at this board meeting. I was 20 years old. I tried to go up to the bar to get a drink. And she's like, excuse me, sir, you look like you're 14. <laughs> like that. And I was just about to get that glass of wine because it was in that like, you know, board meeting of 20 people where they weren't going to card anybody. <laughs> and she blocked me. <laughs> but she took me out for a drink uh, for my birthday a few months later for my 21st birthday. So <laughs> and then we just, you know, hit it off. We've been all over the world together. Um, and she really set the foundation for my career. Are there, were there a couple phrases or terms of speech that she had that you still keep in mind today? Well, Sherry always said that I had what she considered the sixth sense, which is I see stupid people. And she always <laughs> said that's why she liked me. And I actually take that as a very, very big compliment, especially living in Washington, D.C. with a bunch of politicians now. So I think about that one quite often. <laughs> I mean, dare I ask what you see in this room? <laughs> genius. No, genius. All genius. <laughs> she didn't say you can see genius people. She said stupid people. So we I mean, might be ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> Well, and that's actually like, as you remember, as we're talking about um, IFT, and I remember that's how we met because we were both on a webinar or something. And it was back in the day before we did Zoom everything. And it was just on a conference call. And I heard Taylor's voice. And I just, I don't know what you said, but I thought, oh my God, who is this person? Like you were just so like, I don't know. I don't know. Just everything. I was like, I have to get to know you. And I can't remember how we ended up actually spending time together. I think it was at, I, at the next IFT conference. Yeah, it was, so was at the, the next division. IFT. Yeah, the nutrition division um, meeting when you were chair. And I was like, oh, this is exactly like yeah. the kind of person I want to get to know because we also work in a field that can be a bit dry. Right. To say the least. Yeah, <laughs> it can be, to say the least, a little dry. <laughs> a little dry. So when you meet somebody, so for us, and something that um, Jimmy and I talk a lot about is this idea when you're looking at mentors, it's not always a prof it's not always just a professional mentor. It's not always just like, I want to get from point A to point B. And so like, I want to have my own company and Taylor has his own company. I want to do that. It's also like, I want to be able to be myself at work. I want to be able to have fun with what I do. I want to be able to like work with people I love. So we talk about this sort of Venn diagram of both like your professional, but then also like how you want to live your life. And so I think that's when I was really, yeah. you know, kind of jamming with you is because you were always just very much yourself and you're also super smart and able to like do phenomenal work, but you also kind of live your life in a way that is super genuine. Well, and I think that's part of the pitch without it really being a pitch. Cause I think that's, especially with students, what I see now as a mid-career 
um, scientist is that students tend to want to pitch themselves. And mm. the professional societies like to do these networking, you know, speed networking things where you sit down with, you know, 30 students and they come through like that and you give them a business card. And I remember being a student and talking about it with my former mentor. I guess she's still my mentor. Um, and it's, you know, every student is going to send a follow up email to the senior VP of General Mills. Or if you're interesting like me, where you're not like students in food science and nutrition, they understand research, they understand, you know, academia and industry, but they don't really understand Taylor Wallace policy, research, media communications, that kind of um, gig. And I've kind of created that. So they all email and, you know, it becomes overwhelming after a while. To me, I've always been much more successful in you know, that nutrition division meeting, coming up, having a glass of wine with you, telling a funny story, seeing if we hit it off, and then, you know, making that move versus it being more of a forced thing. And that's, I think sometimes the pitch is actually just being yourself and just go into those different socials and meeting people and seeing, like I said, who you click with. I love it. Yeah. Being yourself, sh showing your tweet or flannel and uh, yeah. Yeah, wearing that on your sleeve. So when you said, uh, you're going to go to an association meeting and you're going to talk and see if we hit it off. Can you break that down a little bit that you have something where you're like, when you say hit it off, do you mean you're just laughing and suddenly there's suddenly further uh, overlap? Like, you know, as Julie said, the professional or the personal interest versus professional aspirations. Like you both say, Hey, I'm really excited about doing uh, cyclocross next weekend or something. You're like, Oh, me too. Or, you know, is there some way that you've gotten good at mining certain pieces because you need you need more than one you know it's never going to be like hey do you like do you love fly fishing you know <laughs> it, it's got to kind of flow through and you yeah. kind of test each other out as you talk do you have like a well you know I, I think as i've gotten older and you know my business has developed more and more i've definitely become more strategic in you know who i'm reaching out to i think initially and i still do this quite often you know, I, I don't even go to a lot of the science sessions at professional society meetings. I can listen to it online. I'll read the paper afterwards. I actually go for the networking piece. So I go to every mixer and I try to say the individual's name to myself three times in my head. So, I, cause I, I don't remember names really well. And so I try to imprint it and mm -hmm. remember one unique thing about them, especially like, you know, if they're, you know, kids going to college or, or like Sherry loves Chardonnay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I try to like, remember one unique thing about them that way. Next time I see them, you know, I can say, Oh, how was the first year of college? Or I, I do the same thing. I make notes in my phone. I'm like, Oh, kids yeah. seven and nine, you know, one plays football. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so, um, you know, I'll give a, a very recent example. I'm doing, I, I do a lot of research on magnesium and we're doing a study um, with cyclists out in Colorado and and muscle function. And we're I'm like, oh my God, I need like somebody that knows something about like muscle mitochondria because like I literally and, know nothing. And how to conjugate the word bonk. Yeah. And so like, you know, I was at a professional society meeting and I knew, you know, I had done my homework beforehand and I knew there were two or three people in the room and you know, I just kind of got my glass of wine, got warmed up, kind of inserted myself into the group that they were talking in, you know, started 
totally personal, never anything about, you know, magnesium or muscle biology. Or much, <laughs> you didn't just, you know, just yeah, like come and hop with that. Right like, hey, so. <laughs> yeah. That's that mitochondria. Well, you know, I, I went and I learned something about them, uh, you know, personally. So you were on like LinkedIn. So you had like a kind of a mm-hmm. rough mental image. You knew their name and you knew right. a little bit about their background. Right. And I knew they were leaders in that field. Um, and so, so you read some of the recent articles or paper. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, I, I looked through LinkedIn and I did read some of their recent work. Most of the time, our field's so small that I can kind of meander my way through who are the, the big wigs in each you know specific um, subspecialty. Um, and then I just you know went to one of the mixers until I found all three of them and I just, and there was one that I ended up clicking with and now he's part of the study and is, you know, doing all the um, mitochondrial oxidation and, you know, everything that builds up in the mitochondria that we want to prevent with magnesium. (laughs) We love magnesium. Yeah, we really do. No, Taylor, really, we love magnesium. Cyclists love it so you don't fall off the bike. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But I would love to hear Taylor because you not only, of course, have, you are super visible because of obviously your segments on Dr. Oz and all the stuff you do in the media. And then you're also a assistant professor, adjunct professor, professor, full-time professor, tenured professor, senior (laughs) professor, senior Um, professor. I don't think you're the dean. I know you're not definitely not the dean. I'm what's called an affiliate professor. (laughs) You're so close. I I tried everything else. I'm what's called an affiliate professor, which means I teach classes, I do research, but the university, um, doesn't have control over me really. <laughs> like, so Which is probably kind of, a good thing because that would be the best position impossible. you could ever be in. Okay. It's great. So right. as an affiliate professor and somebody who is, you know, obviously very visible, I'd love to hear some times where people have reached out to you cold and it's gone really well and times when people have reached out to you and it has not gone well. Or like kind of do's and don'ts. Well, I think the don'ts are really easy. I mean, the don'ts are like, don't send 10,000 emails like 10 minutes after you've met a person and like had or know, even like one two email, minute conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think I really do think, especially students that they go wrong in that. Like you, I early on in my career, I would do like the professional society speed mentoring things. They would ask me to do it and, you know, I would do it and then I would end up with like 50 emails the next day, you know, wanting a postdoc position or to come as a graduate student or to do an internship or, and it becomes very overwhelming and it's like, well, how do you pick? And I don't remember any of these 50 people because it was a speed networking thing where you talk to 50 people for two, three minutes, you know, at a time. Um, I'm much more, and I think the graduate students that I work with and the people that I've hired in the past have been, you know, in my network um, and I've met them out. I'm again, you know, I always encourage students be active in your student association, your professional society. I'm very active in the local um, professional society things around mm-hmm. here. I try to follow up and go to lunch with people um, at different times. And I was, and get on the leadership, like get a leadership yeah. position. If you're going to yeah, join right. an association, it's, it's one thing way. to just become a member, but like they, everybody always needs yeah. help. And I, I tell you, th- one of the things that I've learned with Think Healthy Group is it really is kind of a, if you build it, they will come. Like, I don't necessarily have to pitch. Like, because I'm so out there in the professional societies, in the local community, people know what I'm doing. People see the good work that's coming out. Like, I make sure that it gets in front of them. And then they come to me with projects or they come to me with, you know, oh, I'm looking for this type of position. 
you know, could you help me with this? And it's like, oh, yeah, we talked like, you know, two years ago at this meeting. And yeah, you were great. We had wine afterwards and I totally remember you. It's like kind of one of those things versus I think when you script yourself almost too much, it almost works to your disadvantage. And if you had somebody reach out to you kind of cold that you can look back on and be like, oh, they nailed it. Like that would be like the best way to reach out to me. I'm trying to think, you know, probably my friend Allie Graham yeah. is probably the biggest success story with somebody who's reached out to me. Um, it's been, we, we've gotten to be really good friends in the last three years and we were just randomly sitting by a meeting sitting by each other at a meeting one day and you know she was passing me notes we were kind of cutting up and I'm like you know who is this girl like she's hilarious and we just started cutting up we went and got coffee afterwards and we just kind of hit it off and we've turned into really close friends but we also you know share a lot of work and a lot of clients together now so it's it's been a very great you know relationship in that regard um I'd say the majority of the time, 90% of the time, people reach out to you with the script. I mean, they just, they're there and it's very obvious what they want. And, you know, we're all busy. We all have minimum time. And, you know, I always try, especially when a student or a young professional reaches out to me, whether it's scripted or whether it's, you know, more natural to go to lunch with them or to have the Zoom call with them to kind of, you know, talk them through my experience because that, is just me giving back to the Sherry's and Barbara's and people that took me under their wing at that age. Um, so I, I try my best to do that. I'm not always successful with it because I, you know, we, I, I travel so much, um, but I, I, I try my best to do that. COVID-19 has been hard to really see people in person. Yeah. Well, and I think that was one of the reasons why Jimmy and I thought to even do this in the first place, because both him and I get a lot of cold emails from people. Some are really, successful some really make sense and some really don't yeah. at all like i think we've talked about different ways where i've gotten people to reach out and just said you know this is me i major in blah 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 and if you want to learn more about me you know write me back and you're like okay i really yeah. like it. which is Probably my favorite not. because you know, the ceo of fast growing yeah. you know international organization is like oh i'd like to learn more about a rising senior in college yeah well, of course i would okay. tell you know, me everything jokes. i want to hear all about it yeah. um but but people who reach out and like have done their homework They've really like gotten to understand sort of our organization and what do we do and maybe more about either like probably like you also like the articles that you've written, podcasts you've been on, you know, seeing you on TV and like coming to you and saying, hey, I saw you did X, Y and Z. Like I'm really inspired by that. I'd like to learn more about a specific thing. And Jimmy, with his businesses, so many different um, entrepreneurs reaching out and being like really specific, like I'm in in. Students from Turkey who want to be PhDs at Tufts Friedman School of Nutrition. Yeah. Did you get those too? <laughs> uh, just got one. You did? Uh, yeah, which obviously means they didn't do that much research about me because I can't help them. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, can't yeah. do it. Yeah. But we're even the results of a of a LinkedIn cold call too. So like you said, right. you kind of get that one in a whatever, how many. Yeah, I reached out to Julie Cold on LinkedIn. But just like you said, I kept it yeah. brief. I complimented totally and then flattery gets you everywhere and then said yeah. a very specific question that then third sentence was kind of like, and this would be great for the students. The students would love it, which was basically the value prop to basically nice for Julie and nice for somebody else. Like if you, if you have any time to talk, I would love it. And that was, I don't know, probably like a, you know, definitely less than a hundred words. You know, um, one of the people that 
you know, I've kept in touch with probably for the last two years. It's kind of like a pen pal. It's kind of funny. Oh. They'd actually got me in quite a bit of a circumstance at George Mason. Um, but I had a prisoner um, that was in jail for murder one, um, mm. write me a letter and send it to my office at George Mason, which obviously like the Dean was super happy about that. Like it's one of those things I probably shouldn't have laughed when it, <laughs> and just took the letter and walked. But you know, I laughed about it with some colleagues and won't make that mistake again. Um, but you know, um, he, it's interesting because, you know, I, I really do think people evolve and, and I send him this book, you know, he sent me this letter that, you know, told Does me a situation. He, he saw me on Dr. Oz. It was handwritten letter? Yes, it was a handwritten letter. And he was like, I just want to say you have the best dress socks every time like that. And I was like, Thank you. Like <laughs> I've been saying I that have, for a like, decade, and <laughs> nobody ever compliments me on my dress socks. And I try so hard to have crazy dress socks, like that are wild and fun, and nobody ever says a thing about them. Like they say about the white lab coat they make me wear. I never wear a lab coat in real life, but like you know, they make me wear this lab coat, and everybody's like, "Oh, you look so good in the lab coat." I'm like, I'm trying so hard with the dress socks. Like so, the so the, the one dude in prison, the inmate, sends me. A, um, a a letter and compliments my dress socks. And, you know, he was telling me about his situation and, you know, how he, you know, that was 20 something years ago and that he's changed and that he really wants to make a positive impact on society when he, you know, gets out of prison. And I sent him the book, uh, What Color Is Your Parachute? And it's something that my, one of my other mentors, Barbara Bird Keenan, um, gave me when I was just starting my career because, as you know, Julie, I'm kind of all over the place. And it really helped focus me mm. into what I really wanted to do for the world. And, and the book is What Color Is Your Parachute? Yeah. And there's been several editions of it. And in fact, I, I buy it, you know, every couple of years and, you know, redo the exercises in it. And it's really simplistic, but you never actually take time to, you know, invest in those simple questions that you need to ask yourself. You know, why am I here on this earth? What do I need to be providing what is my legacy here that self-awareness yeah and and i feel like a lot of times we don't ever invest in that especially as scientists so i sent him the book and he, you know we've written back and forth a couple times over you know the last you know two years so where is where is he in prison it's is he nearby illinois no oh, he's in illinois yeah, some in. somewhere yeah. in illinois i can't yeah. remember i've yeah. got the letters under my bed like, show them to you <laughs> like they're pretty hilarious actually <laughs> like but you know he seems like a pretty good guy i love that though that is such a great that is huge like that one thing that one kind of compliment or something that shows that like they understand like that that you really understand what this person is about is right. like it's a game changer and so right. i think anybody who is reaching out in a pitch just have one kind of thing that you admire about that person or one thing you've seen that maybe something that they don't yeah that not everybody sees and especially unique yeah yeah i think people really really respond to that well and i like i said i don't know if there necessarily has to be a strategy behind it i mean if you think about you know this guy like he doesn't have a doctorate degree he doesn't do research he doesn't do nutrition he has nothing to do like with anything a, that i incarcerated did. pretty young as he well he was incarcerated at 17 um, so I'm not even sure if he finished his, you know, um, GED or, or yeah. high school diploma. Maybe started in a pretty bad situation. Yeah. Uh, and probably started in a bad situation. And, um, 
you know, it's just kind of one of those things like people ask me, you know, why do you keep responding to this guy? Aren't you scared when he gets out of prison in like two years, he's going to show up at your front doorstep. And I was like, well, I guess we'll deal with that in two years. I mean, I have the anti-GMO people out here anyway. So, you know, why not have some more, you know, I've got the PETA people, the anti-GMO people, like, I mean, you name it, I've had them. <laughs> so. The prisoner is just one of the, and actually, I love I love what you're saying, because if you think about and I think, again, part of what um, Jimmy and I were what our sort of idea was to start and our target audience really is like grad students, you know, professionals, like people who are quite privileged and think they kind of are, are just yeah. could use some guidance around right. how to like approach this mentoring relationship. Yeah. So the fact that like of all the people that approach you, the yeah. prisoner or the, the inmate or the incarcerated individual is the one that you yeah. would think of actually, if we asked you about who would be a mentee of yours, sounds like that's the only one, that's the one that came up first. Yeah, well, and it's funny because, you know, when people approach me, I mean, most people, it's very obvious when they want something, right? And that's always kind of a turn off. They always start with their resume and just spit their resume out to you. And most of the time, like we're at a professional signing meeting, I'm like, okay, I've had four glasses of wine. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, but, yeah, and I can go on LinkedIn yeah. anytime or I can go yeah. on your know, university website. Yeah. So, I mean, I, again, have just always tried to make that more personal connection. And, you know, there are some really brilliant scientists out there that, you know, I've tried to get to know, we just never clicked and I just never pursued it any further. It doesn't mean they're a bad scientist or that we wouldn't do amazing things together. I just, my approach is that like Julie and I work together a lot on projects. I love working with Julie. If I could work with Julie every day, I would. And that's what everybody says, but that's what, <laughs> but that's what life's about, right? You meet people and you enjoy what you do because if you don't, then why are you there? What are you doing? And so to me, when it comes to finding a mentor or mentoring somebody else, it's about, you know, how do I, you know, get that connection outside of like the scientific community? Um, you know, I do a lot in the LGBTQ uh, plus community uh, around here in DC. And, you know, I tend to always be the one in my friend group that reaches out to the younger guy that just came out or, you know, the kid that's having, you know, trouble because I feel like there's a, a little bit of me that wish somebody had done that for me. And there's a little bit of a sense of responsibility to, you know, maintaining the community that I think a lot of people don't see. Um, so, yeah. So it's kind of like a personal mentoring. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same in the professional, but since, well, but we've talked a lot I mean, about this too, that there's all different ways that you do that and that that's really cool. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, but you wouldn't probably consider it like, mentoring in the traditional sense, which we always right. feel like is a bit of a, you know, sort of weird, well, I mean, antiquated word. You know, I think it is kind of a little bit, you know, one of the the kids that, you know, I reached out to, he actually lives, you know, um, two floors down, ran into him in the building. And I had, you know, a really hard time last year with my dad passing and all the COVID stuff. And, you know, when everything climaxed one night, he knocked on the door randomly and had a bottle of wine and was like, I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but I just came up to see if you were okay. And we kind of hit it off. And now I've went through, you know, his first boyfriend dumping him and you know how that goes with two teenage girls. Like that's just a, you know, a lot of tears, a lot of tears. It's like, 
If you're 22, okay. it'll be fine. <laughs> like, you're going to be okay. I promise. <laughs> like, hang you know, on. So it is a little bit, but because I think that, you know, having somebody you can relate to that's been there, that's done it is a good thing, whether it's, you know, in science where I'm trying to find a more senior scientist to mentor me on some of the bigger grants that I've recently received in places I've never explored before, or if it's with that first, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend that dumps you and breaks your heart, you know, I think it's, it's good to resonate with people. And I think that's the key to a mentor in all aspects. Yeah. People care when you care about them. Right. Totally. I have a question for you because obviously, you know, you are extroverted, self-proclaimed and you have an energy by yourself. I'm sure Julie also has never had problem getting her into a uh, circle of talking to people at a cocktail Dead party. Dead people in a graveyard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. When you think about it that way, it's probably that hard. I am uh, still probably a little more extroverted than introverted, but not nearly as you know outgoing, I think, as either of you. And actually, I have to get myself psyched up often for events. So I'll be like, be like 3 p.m. events at 5, and I'm like, there's a lot of other things I should do today. You know, I'm kind of thinking my way through it. And then... I have a trick I use, but I'm curious if you have a trick you use uh, or, or to recommend to others that aren't just quite as like, hey, give me a half a glass of wine. I'm warmed up if I can quote you and ready to go. But like, you, is there something for more introverted per people to find a way to still show themselves off yet not have to just kind of be like the dynamo of Julie Meyer to show up into the, the circle? Right. Well, I mean, you know, again, I think we all resonate with people that are similar to us, right? Like Julie and I resonate because we have similar personalities and in mm. that aspect. So there's a lot of introverts out there, you know, especially in the scientific field, in, yeah. especially in the scientific field. In a way, I'm very much a minority in the scientific field. There are a lot of scientists that just hate me because they think I talk too much, like, which is fair, but you know, I mean, it's, no, I'm kidding. you know, it's, it's hard being the, extrovert out there in a scientific field. Hmm. And, um, you know, you have to learn to navigate that as well. There's, you know, sometimes people see me in a very different manner as maybe I see myself where I'm trying to be friendly. They think I'm annoying or, you know, yeah. and it's, well, and I think too, that's a really, that's a great question because I also think I try to think, cause sometimes I do have go to events where I feel really insecure. I feel anxious. I certainly like for a long time work events made me very, I never felt like I was good enough to be there. I never felt like I was kind of the right person to be running this organization or anything like that. But I always thought about myself having like kind of the opportunity to do service by being at an event and talking to somebody that even if I felt uncomfortable, if I met somebody and I could connect with them and make them feel more comfortable, then at least it was like worthwhile to be there just to be a kind of of service to others. And then if I happen to learn something new or meet somebody or what have you, like that was great, but that helped me feel more comfortable. Cause even though it seems like I can walk into a room and like make friends with everybody, it was a long time until I felt more confident to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a time in my life where I realized that, you know, I had to sleep with Taylor Wallace at night and you have to sleep with Julie Meyer at night and I don't have to sleep with Julie Meyer at night. So if you want to live with Julie Meyer and you can fall asleep with Julie Meyer, then I can fall asleep with Taylor Wallace. So if I want, and, and that's important in the society of scientists that because they are, in a lot of ways, very judgmental, like how is this 37 year old, you know, on the board of this society or doing this. And I've been doing this for 60 years, you know, it should be me kind of mentality. And, you know, I just kind of take that as, um, you know, you just kind of have to roll with the punches sometimes yeah. and, and just say, Hey, you know, I'm doing great things. I'm in my lane. 
this is here. If you don't like it, that's your problem. Yeah. Like, and I'm still going to be nice to you and try to like, you know, work with you. Like when I have to, doesn't necessarily you need to be my mentor. I have to be your mentee or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. We can just be civil. We don't have to spend extra yeah. time. But yeah. what I'm hearing from you a little bit, which I didn't never thought of it this way. And it's actually going to help me when I go to my next networking event or, you know, professional society event is kind of meet people where they are. So if you're feeling very extroverted, find an extroverted person to talk to. If you're feeling quiet and you kind of think you just want to eat snacks by yourself, go eat snacks by yourself. Find somebody else that you're going to see eating snacks by themselves. Go over and just say, you know, I'm eating snacks too. How are you doing today? Yeah. And I bet that person will probably say, yeah, I just kind of want to eat snacks by myself. You're like, cool. This is what I'm up to. If you're ever feeling more talkative, you know, please reach out to me. If you've already done your homework, you probably yeah. know the people that are going to be less extroverted because mm -hmm. you've been on the circuit before. You've gone out there, you've talked to them and you can then say hello. And to finish my long uh, statement here is what you said. I like the tip I use to get myself psyched up is just make one new friend. Mm -hmm. Just get one new email yeah. where, you, where you're like 90% sure the person's going to reply. And then to me, the pressure is fully off. I don't have to like make four. I don't have the time crunch. I'm like I just got to find yeah. one person who might be like half talking in the circle. And then when that person goes off to get a drink, I know who they are. Go say hello. So it is, I mean, that's what I heard what you just say, meet people where they are. It's going to help me a lot in the future. Yeah. Well, and you know, we're all guilty of making like, um, we're all guilty of, being somewhat judgmental up front. So, I mean, there are introverted scientists that, you know, I met that I didn't hit it off with, but after a couple of times getting to know that person, we've been in forced work situations together. Now we love each other, you know? So it's just uh, a lot of times I think we kind of have to get used to each other and, you know, kind of figure out what like the other one wants and, you know, it maybe like a mo that our motive, each other's motivations, and then all of a sudden you start seeing that, oh, we have a lot of similarities here. So it, it maybe sometimes it just takes longer to cultivate, um, you know. Which is okay, too. Yeah, which is fine, too. Yeah, and like, and especially if you're in the kind of industry we're in, like, I'm probably not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Like, we're probably going to be yeah. doing this it, for a long time. And again, what I just heard from you, Taylor, is if there's a rush and an immediate need, that's already going to be an issue to your pitch to reaching out to somebody. It needs to be genuine. And if there's an immediate need, it's probably not immediate need to the person you're reaching out to. <laughs> yeah. It's immediate need to you. And that's already a selfish proposition yeah. built into your pitch, which probably isn't going to resonate well. If you're like, I need to talk to you in the next months, you should kind of already have your vision, mapped yeah. it out, run your research and know that if you really want this talk to be a postdoc in two years with Dr. Taylor Wallace, you probably should start building that relationship, you know, a year or two ahead of time. Yeah. And so it's a lot more organic. Or, you know, there's been several times another approach is work through your current network. So there's been times where I needed, you know, the expertise of a scientist and mm. Connie Weaver has been great. You know, another one of my mentors, Connie Weaver, who's a brilliant nutrition scientist, um, where, you know, I've needed somebody that specializes and she's been like, oh, I know this person. Let me introduce you to them. And I think that is a much more organic way where she's like, you know, and she'll reach out and she'll be like, Oh, Taylor's great. He's doing this. And you're interested in this. He really needs this. Maybe you two could partner like that. And that seems to work a lot better than me just reaching out Going to that out person cold. randomly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Going utilizing your own network or, you know, if we're at a meeting, 
like, hey, Julie, I know you know this person. Would you like work me into this and like, you know, introduce me? Which you've, you, know, uh, you have yeah. 100% done for me. Yeah. 100%, which That's I so appreciate. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. But it, it's more organic and it's more natural than just like trying to, you know, trying to force it. it on yourself and yeah, enforce it. I love, I love that. I love that about just making like just doing one, like having one good conversation or yeah. like even if you're trying to pace yourself with you're trying to find a mentor, like just reach out to one person a week or reach out to one person a month or like try to do one thing. Like you said, yeah. take somebody new to lunch once a month. Like it doesn't have to be that guns really blazing. benefited me in the long run. I mean, I probably have made, I'd probably say a good five or six mentors like while I've been in DC and I haven't done it for the last five years, admittingly, um, you know, where I have sporadically, but you know, I used to do it all the time in my early career and it, I've gotten some pretty senior big wigs. I mean, you met Daniela Tabot, uh, who I just absolutely adore. We, Mary all share Chris an Irwin. we all share an accountant now. Yeah. Mary Chris Irwin. Mm -hmm. I met, you know, when I was, um, first year here in DC, I was working at DLC and Mary Chris Derwin, who's this brilliant food PR person comes in and she's got like this flaming red hair and like, she's just as fun as you can like ever imagine. And I'm just like, I love you. And we're going to lunch because you're hilarious <laughs> like that, you know, and I'm sitting here 25 years old and she's like, all right, babe, let's go, you know? And you know, here we are 11 years down the line. She just texted me today when I was going to come out to her um, house in Annapolis. <laughs> Fantastic. That's such great advice for people who are currently mentees or believing in, in themselves that, Hey, start doing this early, set a plan, whether it's one person a month for lunch yeah. or whatever feels natural for them to really build that. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tell a, a, another really good story of a friend of mine. Please. Um, it's been fairly recent in the last two years. Um, my friend, uh, Allison Stiber, who's chief science officer at the Academy I feel of like I was there. I feel like I sort of was like yeah. there for your, your, like the birth of your relationship. Yeah. And Allison and I have turned into be really close friends and we couldn't like disagree more scientifically. I mean, she's, she's not wow. vegetarian, but like, I'm definitely like, you know, I'm a, I'm a steak and potatoes <laughs> kind of Kentucky guy. And you know, she's a eat a salad with olive oil <laughs> kind of gal. And, um, you know, we ended up connecting for dinner one night in New York and we, at the, at the umami forum, at the umami oh, forum. Yeah. And, right. um, well, umami could go on any of those, Yeah, you know, so why not you and know, salad or steak? We were each going through a really similar hard time in our life and it ended up just being me and her randomly running into each other. We didn't really know each other. I'd read a couple of her papers. She had read a couple of my papers. We kind of like got together, went to dinner and- That still seems like quite an investment. I mean, you still spent 30 to 45 minutes reading papers before you even met this person. I feel oh, like well, it, this wasn't planned. I mean, I just yeah. knew her oh, because, already, I yeah. mean, she's chief science officer of my like, you know, professional society. So, I mean, you know, I, I knew her name and, um, you know, we ended up going out to dinner and, you know, we cried, we had like, you know, 15 Manhattans, like, I mean, and she's like turned into one of my closest friends. And we have this huge study in Guatemala together now where we're studying 1200 severely malnourished infants. And we really played off each other's um, strengths, right? I'm the 
like more junior scientist. She's very well established. Like I'm at a university, she's at a nonprofit. She's more on the plant-based side. I'm more on the animal-based side. So, you know, all the food tribes that go, I mean, it's just the perfect marriage. And, you know, we go and we go down to Guatemala and like, she's, she's so funny. Like, um, because we, we think so much alike like personality wise, but scientifically, you know, I pick at her all the time, you know, cause I'm like, you know, you better go eat some red meat. Like, so you don't get osteoporosis. And she's just like, I eat cheese. You know, like, <laughs> and like I mean, she's just great. Well, you but, have the same values. Like you yeah. both value the same we, thing, which yeah. is really what you value is a great, great, yeah. great working relationship. And she's been a huge mentor. And, you know, I think we have such a respect for each other that we listen to each other. And I think our science is stronger together because of that. Even though you're you're different individually, but together, right. one plus one is a little bit greater than two because you both right. care about each other. Right. And, and, and you're so it sounds like you're okay. Right. If Thousand came and said, "No, I think you're really wrong about this one. Let me tell you. Here's why, why, and why." And you better yeah. say, "I disagree with this point and that point, but that yeah. point I might be cool with." I mean, that's that's amazing. I mean, that that's that gives how, me hope for this world that we can still yeah. have those conversations. But they they almost always have to be in person, right? It's hard to do those conversations just digitally. Yeah, I um, think or you have to have audio. You have to have dinner. Yeah, I, well, yeah, and you know, at least in the food world, you got you got to have food yeah, in front of you. Yeah, and and wine. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where we just really, really hit it off, and I never expected it, and it was just one of those things where you're here, I'm here, we don't have. It was. To I do. had breakfast like, with yeah. you the next day, yeah. and uh, in New York, because they I was we quite were all hungover. here. <laughs> he was definitely. You were drinking diet coke. It was like <laughs> eight, seven thirty in the morning. You're like, I'm just drinking diet coke. Sunglasses for breakfast. Sunglasses for breakfast for sure. And you were like, I went out with Allison Steinberg last night. I was like, Oh, cool, because I knew her, yeah. but not, not not that well either. Yeah. And then you two, I was actually we were at this big event, and I was sitting there with the two of them, and they just hatched this whole plan. Yeah. After a little bit of wine to yes. do this study in Guatemala and. Yeah. Like you actually just went and did it, which we is just, so cool. We threw the proposal together in like two weeks and we just run and gun. And we, and we actually, we now have a, uh, 11 center study on COVID-19 patients in the ICU and what nutrition parameters can affect patient outcomes. So if you think about the types of enteral tube feeding, mm -hmm. um, the different electrolytes that they have to measure, things like that, um, what types of, um, you know, different, electrolytes they're putting in the IV, you know, all the different, um, you know, aspects of COVID-19 patients in the ICU. We've got 11, um, well, right, right now we have 11, we're hoping for more, um, ICU units across the nation recruiting uh, for us in this study. So we just kind of rock and roll with each other. I mean, I, it's it's been one of my, professionally, one of my real success stories that I, you know, it, it, it all cultivated because we were basically going through the same thing at one time and we were both, you know, like, you know, personally a little bit shaken and we resonated with each other. Oh. I'm like covered in goosebumps because this is so amazing because when we talk about what the value of these kind of relationships are in your life, they are the most important. They're like the best thing in my opinion in life is having great relationships and having the ability to have that as part of your professional life. We're so lucky to get to have that like yeah. you and I and you and I and like it's so it's so wonderful. So to hear about this and that you're both actually also making a huge impact because you're doing re scientific research, it's going to help the world as well. So how cool, like what better thing is there? And that's why when we talk about mentoring, it's not just about like, I want to land a job. Like I want to be, you know, the assistant brand manager, do whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's really about 
and it's yeah. really about investing and creating these amazing relationships to go, you know, further together. Further, faster, together. I heard that's a good uh, tagline. Yeah. Julie, do you have any other questions for Taylor? I would love to hear, um, are you looking for a mentor now? Are you like on a journey to find another mentor as your business continues to evolve? Or do you feel like... Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, that, at the very least, you got to find a good sock factory. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I do have one of those, okay. actually. <laughs> I thought about starting my own underwear line, so I actually do have a factory that does socks. We can underwear. help you with that. That, that like, would definitely get you some different letters. I, yes, Dr. I decided that was off-brand. <laughs> like, um, so, but actually, I have great underwear, and I've got samples. <laughs> like, um, but uh, Full service. No, yeah. I mean, I think the whole mentor thing is that you're never too old to have a mentor. I mean, there's, you know, not everybody, not, we're all unique and we all have strengths that we can, you know, share with each other and there's always going to be synergies. So, yeah, I mean, if not in science, I mean, I, I still am in science, um, but, you know, I need a mentor in the media field so bad. I mean, the media field's kind of like this, you know, wild, wild west to me that I just kind of fell on the Dr. Oz show and now, like, I don't know how to meander this whole new you know thing that i've been doing for five years now and you know it's uh it's quite an undertaking um so yeah i mean there's so many places in life that like you know golly i wish one of those like older gay men would tell me how to keep a husband for more than like you know <laughs> three months <laughs> like, you, know, that, that, you put be, it out there that'd be another kind of mentoring you, you know? put it out there hey, you have you a know, personal interest somebody out there has a clue yeah. Yeah, like, media you know, man. like i love it because all the ones i hang out with don't know how to act <laughs> amazing do you have any other last questions Jimmy? uh well you you answered my question uh already up front about uh the book what color is your parachute and i'm excited to check that out and i was really kind of taken with and i've been thinking about it as we've been talking that you go back to it and buy a new book mm -hmm. and go through the exercises and that really speaks to being a bit disciplined in your continuous approach but also knowing, hey, this is what resets me. So I think that's just, I always ask like, what's, what would advice you'd give to anybody who is a mentee and believer in themselves now looking for a mentor? And you're doing that because you have two different mentors you want, uh, you're looking for, and you're still going through that book exercises every couple yeah. of years. Yeah, so well, like I said, I think it's one of the things I've learned in the last year, and the last year was pretty hard on me, but one of the things that I learned that I need to do better at, and I'm making a conscious effort to do that is to invest more in myself. Um, whether it's go back through what color is your parachute and reevaluating, you know, what I want to do with my business, whether it's sitting back and, you know, before we, you know, um, started the show, I was talking about, you know, my plans to adopt in the next year. So whether it's, you know, what do you want to do, you know, with your life and how you balance that out with your career. I think it's always important. One of the best things I did in the past, right before COVID, I took a 10 day trip to Egypt by myself and it was completely, you know, Egypt is like pretty much alcohol free country. Like, so I just toured by myself and I had a lot of time to self reflect. And I think that's a really good thing when this pandemic is over, I'm going to make sure I do that at least once a year. Like it was a really, really good experience for me. And I think that, um, you know, investing in yourself is really important from a number of different fronts. It helps you set your vision. Yeah. It helps you get back to step one. Speaking of vision though, I have a last, last question, which I saw your lamb and I love the lamb. Uh, oh gosh, the do, lamb. Do you have a nickname for this lamb? Oh gosh. So, um, 
my former roommate and I, um, we bought a house together in 2012 and our, um, our realtor gave us a thousand dollar gift certificate to this furniture shop, very high end furniture shop in, um, Georgetown. And we walked in because it was like, it expired within a year. And it was like the day before it expired. I'm like, we got to go in here and get something like, you know, it's anything like that. And I mean, it was the, one of those like designer furniture store. That's just like the ugliest crap you've ever seen. And I'm very simple, like, except for the ice machine, except for the ice machine. Yeah. I, I, I do like the ice machine. Um, but we walked in the store and you know, we're looking around and I'm like, I don't know. And he just like, I bought the, is it a lamb or a sheep? I don't know what I it mean, is. Agnes day. He just sure. like, it, it, yeah, so um, then when we sold the house, I was like, I'm taking the sheep. <laughs> just letting you know. Like, I mean, the sheep is in so many pictures on my Facebook. Like, I get the sheep. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you got to wear your tweed and know your lamb. Yeah. You got to know your lamb. Yeah. Taylor, first of all, I just want to say how grateful I am to have you in my life. Thank you so much for being such a great friend and a great mentor and a great business partner. And I just, I appreciate, I just adore you and you know that. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this exciting topic. I think it's really great tips also. Yeah, well, this is great. I'm really excited to listen in on the rest of the podcast and see where everything goes. This was fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing Taylor. Yeah. Thank you. That's a wrap. I've been repeating to myself the good doctor's paraphrasing and excellent advice. Seek to understand before trying to be understood. I'm sure you enjoyed our chat with the official Colonel of Nutrition, Dr. Taylor Wallace. And I know you will love our discussion next week of our fifth principle of mentoring, making a personal connection. We get inspired by our other favorite celebrity, the one, the only, Oprah Winfrey. Nobody knows how to cut to the core and truly build rapport with someone better than Oprah. If you want to help Julie and Jimmy in our mentoring journey, then please subscribe because we all should ask for help. Thank you to our producer, Erica Samus. See you soon. Thank you.